Hello, I'm Chris Robinson, writer and producer of this series. The simple truth is that after Pearl Harbor and the first bombings of the Philippines, the United States was not coming to the rescue. In his book, Bataan, Our Last Ditch, John Whitman neatly summed up one reason in his description of a meeting between then-Brigadier General Dwight D. Eisenhower and Army Chief of Staff General George C. Marshall. Their meeting took place in Washington, D.C., a week after Pearl Harbor. Marshall had summoned the 52-year-old Eisenhower to talk about the Philippines. Marshall had served in Mindoro as a lieutenant in 1902 and still had many friends there. Eisenhower lived in Manila when he worked as an aide to Douglas MacArthur in the mid to late 30s. Whitman wrote that as the days of war dragged by, more information, all bad, came into Washington. From the old munitions building in D.C., Marshall and his officers searched desperately for ways to help the Philippines, but hopes had dimmed by the time Eisenhower stepped off the train in Union Station on an early Sunday morning. Several hours later, Eisenhower meets Marshall, who briefs him about the Philippines. The good news is that the Pacific Fleet's three aircraft carriers were out at sea on maneuvers during the attack on Pearl Harbor. The rest is bad. Marshall reports that Hawaii's garrison was so weakened that reinforcing its ground strength had to be the priority in the Pacific. And he tells Eisenhower that it could be months before any offensive action in the Philippines could even be, quote-unquote, contemplated. At the end of his 29-minute monologue, Marshall asks Eisenhower, what should be our general line of action? Eisenhower asks for a few hours and returns with a short response, type triple space on yellow paper. It said that reinforcements to the Philippines depended on the future rehabilitation of the Navy, and that the time it would take to get help to the Philippines was, quote, longer than the garrison can hold out with any driblet of assistance if the enemy commits major forces to their reduction, end quote. Meaning if the Japanese continued to attack the Philippines, there was nothing America could do to help in the immediate future. Early in the war, America had few ships and planes to spare. Our army was smaller than Portugal's. Eisenhower later recalled of the conversation that it, quote-unquote, implied that I had been given the problem as a check to an answer Marshall had already reached. But it wasn't just the massive losses in Hawaii and the Philippines, and a small U.S. military, that cast the Philippines' fate. On the other side of the world from the Philippines, Great Britain was the last nation in Europe standing against Germany. Marshall knew about the secret upcoming Arcadia Conference where FDR and Winston Churchill were planning to craft the Germany First policy that would shape World War II. Added to the perfect storm was the fact that MacArthur's United States Army Forces of the Far East had only started five months before, with a proposed $32 million to recruit 75,000 troops and then transport, house, feed, clothe, equip, and train them for a year a monumental task, not even considering that most of the troops did not speak the same language, and the Philippines consists of over 7,600 islands. It wasn't until January 3, 1942, that Marshall sent MacArthur a message explaining what he and Eisenhower had discussed about the Philippines earlier in December. A 
According to Whitman, the message also contained a, quote, unwise and easily misunderstood promise of reinforcement, unquote, which was supported by an encouraging message sent to MacArthur earlier by the War Department. It reported that 555 available warplanes were on the water, docked in Brisbane, departing for Australia, or being ferried through Africa. FDR also made public promises of military support to President Kazan. You'll hear them in Kazan's inauguration speech in the next episode. The catch, of course, was as long as Japan had air superiority, the U.S. was not going to send planes and crews on suicide missions to the Philippines from Australia or anywhere else. It would take two and a half long years before America committed to fighting the Japanese in the Battle of the Philippine Sea. So, Natalie's observation in her diary about staying or leaving Baguio being Hobson's choice was prescient. In December 1941, there were no good choices for anyone in the Pacific, except Japan. Be sure to tune in for the next episode of Forbidden Diary.